It's Talk Sports with John Reed and Cody McClurk. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be, so it is, so it is. Back in the booth, back on the airwaves, coming at you live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. John Reed, Cody McClure, just a two-man show as we do this last song and dance for Cody on a Wednesday, the penultimate episode of Talk Sports with John Reed and Cody McClure. How are you today, my friend? Doing great, John. Good to be here. Good to be anywhere. The, uh, the penultimate is supposed to be like the best episode. It's supposed to be the, this is where you really find out the drama and like the, the big plot twist and the, you know, a lot of times the last episode is just wrapping things up. Sure. So maybe today we can shock people into oblivion, give them something really, just really stiff. So just kind of make things crazy for them. Anyway. Do you prefer the penultimate buildup or the actual like season finale? resolution usually the penultimate i don't know off the top of my head other shows that you know you could you could maybe put into this this box but for me i mean succession they were the best at the actual like finale Mm -hmm. jaw dropper sopranos did a lot of penultimates yeah Uh, usually they they would have good finales too Game of Thrones. I mean, I always think of like the the Battle of the Bastards, but then the Winds of Winter followed that, and that was the finale. So actually, that was my favorite episode. I don't know it's, what other shows are known for their penultimate episodes. Well, I mean, most most I think do the penultimate idea. I mean, most most do. Um, You're saying penultimate? Yeah, I mean, I, is penult- that how you say it? Penultimate? How do you say it? Penultimate. Penultimate. Penultimate is how I say it. Yeah, okay. you're saying pent, pent is, there, is there not a T there? Is not there a T? might there might be. I don't know. That's why there I was might asking. not be. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Sometimes I know words, but I don't know them exactly. Penultimate? No, it is penultimate. You're right. Oh, okay. Where is it? I don't know. My computer's not working, and I'm behind the board, so not a lot I could do. Could you look it up? What penultimate? Yeah, and see Penul- if there's a T there. Pen- penultimate. Uh, there's a 2017 film called Penultimate. Anyway, with my nose being stopped up, I can't talk right now anyways. Last but one in a series of things. Second, so no T there? Second last. Penultimate. With no T? No, there's no T. Okay. Penultimate. The penultimate. The penultimate. Yeah, um, but Succession, they did a uh, great job with all their finales. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like every they did. season, Every season, the finale was great. Although in the first season, I guess they did do the wedding as the penultimate was with, that the second to last? I'm pretty the, sure. The, yeah, the car thing. Yeah, and then you know the last the the finale was the was good on that too. I mean, because there was still enough. The yeah with the dad and the security guard and all that, and the, so that that still made it work. The end of season two was great. With the that was a big twist. 
That was in the last episode. Yeah, I mean, two and three as well. Three, three was yeah. great as well. Yeah, it's a really good show if you never saw it. But uh, it's in my top five of all time. Yeah. Your top five of all time? Yep, firmly. What, what is your top five of all time? We could power rank later if you want. I don't have it off the top of my head, okay. the order, but it's on, it's on my top five. But you'd have Sopranos and Succession. Sopranos, Succession. And True Detective. Nasty. Nah, if you're doing seasons of TV, then True Detective's on there. If you're doing best shows of all time, you, you can't put yeah. True Detective on there. Um, Breaking Bad is on there for me. Yeah. Breaking Bad is on there for me. And then uh, I don't know what gets my last spot. A lot of good shows out there. The Wire. I met a, at my table as well. I met a girl last night. Oh, congrats. She, <laughs> Doesn't that always happen? Right when you're getting ready to leave town, you fall in love. She, well, is that true? She was... Now things are complicated. I don't think I, I don't think I fell in love. She was something, though. She was, and she was flirty, so yeah. I, I think I could have, you know, I, I, I'm pretty You could have got her number and texted her for a day before she quit well, replying. I'm pretty confident that I could have made some traction there, but I'll tell you why I didn't. Because she was kind of like, she was very crazy. But she was kind of half hot, half homeless. So normally I wouldn't pick this kind of person up, but she was cute. She was kind of cute. But she had like some sores on her mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Oh. She was transitioning, I think, to being from, homeless. From HIV to AIDS? No, I think she was transitioning from being normal to being like... When she got in the car, she had a bunch of bags and stuff. I was like, okay. She's just now getting on the drugs. And then I saw the location she's going to. I'm like, okay. And but there weren't. Wouldn't that have been something if you got robbed right on your last oh day? Oh my god! Yeah, trust me, it crossed my mind. But she was nice. She was sweet. She was pretty sweet. But she said, yeah, of course she was. She was auditioned to she was have like, a new place to live. She's like, I'm sorry if I seem crazy or something which is usually not a good sign she's like I'm, well, self-awareness is key she's like i'm i'm a hobo right now she was talking about how she's got like this four-year-old daughter and like her parents took the daughter and she's like they they blocked me and locked me out of my place and so like i can't get and it started off as one of these dramatic things you know I'm like okay yeah, i've had these people before you know i've, I've ran into one of these but again kind of cute then she went to party with you kind of cute she had a lot of tattoos she, she's my kind of trashy, you know? and uh, But anyway, she started telling me about these, these troubles she'd had. And apparently she said that her last boyfriend had set her on fire. And that's why she had been, she had to go to the hospital or something. I was like, he set you on fire? She said, yeah. I'm like, you mean with gasoline? And the, she said lighter fluid. Like her boyfriend came in and set her on fire. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that... Talk about a toxic masculinity or, or something, whatever the term would be there. And I don't uh, think that's toxic masculinity. To set a woman on fire? I don't misogyny? think Misogyny? Would that be misogyny? No, I don't. Toxic I don't, misogyny? I think he would have set a man on fire too, probably. Yeah, I was like. I think that's just the guy being well, anyway, crazy. She's, she's telling me all this Abusive. stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the worst. You're like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's like I hate when that happens. That's the worst, getting set on fire. And um, anyway, it was like a 10 to 12-minute ride, and I got her where she was going. And and then I kind of like uh, – she, she was getting all her bags and stuff. I was like, well, you need you need help with anything, you know? Oh, no. And she's like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, thanks. And I said, all right. So well, you got turned down by this girl? 
No, I didn't get. I didn't. Kind I of. Did, I didn't make a move. She. I'm telling you, she was flirty. I could have made a move. You kind of did by saying, "Do you need anything?" No, I just like. I don't know. I kind of felt for. Her. I, I, you swapped numbers out. I don't know if she had a phone. How'd she call Uber? I don't know. Some people just find a way, you know. I I, I don't know if she had a phone. I, I assume she had a phone, but I didn't. Again, I'm leaving town, so it's not really. Wouldn't really be worth it. And she was kind of half homeless. She can come with you. She'd be but, a great travel partner. She kept telling me like how she didn't have a place to stay. She was going to stay with this girl that she kind of halfway knew. And I was like, and she. Do you think she was hinting that she wants to stay with you? I think so, yeah. I was like, well, I wish I could help you out some way. I was like, but, uh, you know. And she, she was saying that her hips hurt because she had slept on concrete. Two nights ago. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. She's like, yeah, it was like 25 degrees. I was like, yeah. It's like, that sounds, that's tough. That's really tough, you know. So I just, I thought the about the risk-reward scenario, you know. Sure. That's what, that's what getting robbed does for you, so that's good. And I thought. Now you have to weigh this out every time. Yeah, because she was definitely kind of flirty, definitely a little bit hot, but definitely skewing toward a pretty dark path in life right and pr- and i think somewhat crazy you know she was going to rob you in your sleep she'd been set on fire yeah so like i or or you could have showed her what real love was and yeah. then not all guys are bad yeah maybe the bar would have been the floor for her for you like you could have been the greatest rebound ever be she'd like, be telling all of her friends that like you saved I'll, her life or at, or at the least didn't set her on fire right you could have had that that real love type of loyalty thing like that could have been it could have been special, or she could have went back to her boyfriend and just left you with some diseases. Yeah, she might have had. Or the boyfriend could come set you on fire because he might be done with her, but he's not ready to give her to somebody else. Yeah, that's typically how that goes. Yeah, that's the last thing I need is to get set on fire right now. Yeah, that, right. You're on the doorstep. You could have taken her to California with you. I, I'm in the middle of a life transition too. That's what I told her. I said, you know, sometimes things, thing you get down on your luck, and you know this and that. Sometimes you just need a need to make a move, do something different. You know, she's like, yeah, I slept on concrete last night, so that's tough. Could have had a road mate. Could have had a road mate. Could have got could have got a road something. She's in the front or the back. In the front. In the front. It was there for the taking, but I chose to just, I said, uh, good luck. <laughs> I, I said, I hope everything works out for you. And I just chose kindness, and she was nice, and we left it at that. Nothing happened. And I hope the best for her, but she's probably going to end up, you know, in a shelter, I'd, I'd say, at some point. Slept on concrete. I said, did you not have any other options? She said, well, there's some shelters and stuff I could go to, but I don't really want to get in that life. She's like on the, she's in the middle. She's got one foot into homelessness and one foot into normalcy. I hope she figures it out. You could have helped. She's saying like she didn't want to get on the drugs and stuff. And I was like, well, I see these sores on your mouth. I didn't say that, but I was like, she, not on her mouth, but she had a couple like, you know, I don't know. Hope it works out for her. You could have fixed her. Yeah. You could have been her her hero. Yeah, or just not set her on fire. 
Like you third. said, the bar was kind of low. You could have you could have had a, an earner when you got to California. You could have you put, <laughs> put her out on Figueroa Street. <laughs> you could have put her out in the middle of the Yeah. Hey, I know some guys down on uh, – Cody, Cody goes to California and becomes a pimp. I know. All of a sudden, Cali Cody has a whole different a whole different vibe. Yo, I know a guy down on 64th and Figueroa. Go get that money, girl. Bring it yeah. back to Papa. Yeah. Uh, we're off and running on Talk Sports. It's Fan Run Radio. That was a really poorly produced commercial break. My bad, everybody. Whoopsie daisy. Not used to sitting in that chair. I sit over here more than I would like to. <laughs> sit over yeah. here more than I would like to. Yeah. But I'm trying to clean out stuff and clean up stuff and get rid of some stuff. And I got distracted and I played the same commercial twice in a row. At least for like three seconds and I stopped and switched it. But that, that was on me. Ah, it happens. My bad. I don't think anybody's too worried about it. And you gave a little extra to that sponsor. It's true. They do that on TV a lot. Sometimes I do see- notice that. They play the whole thing back to back, though. Yeah. I do notice that you'll see the same commercial break. So maybe I shouldn't feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a they've done that. That's a been a trope in advertising before. Oh, that they do that on purpose? I think so. Just you, to don't make think, you don't think it's on purpose? I mean, it would make sense. I've wondered if it was on purpose just to make sure. Like, I mean, you notice it. You're like, oh. I mean, I feel like I've seen that happen enough times that, like, it seems like it was on purpose. I guess in my mind, I've assumed that it's kind of like radio in the sense of, like, very rarely are these sponsors paying for specific times. Mm-hmm. And then they just get kind of put into a shuffle. So I, I feel like know. on TV, you get put in the system and it's just shuffle. Like, hey, we got to play this spot 40 times this month or something like that. And then it just... Sometimes it just ends up in the same break. Maybe I'm, maybe not. Maybe it's I don't know intentional. If only I knew a guy who works in TV advertising in New York City who's very smart and could tell me the answer. Guarantee, yeah, all you gotta do is ask. Guarantee you, he would know. This guy's like a, he's a prominent uh, alumni at UT. They like him a lot. What I never the, get any contact from UT. I got called. Uh, they asked me for money for the first time. I think. Oh yeah, like a couple months ago. Hmm. Yeah, somebody called me and asked me for money yeah. one time. I was like, I don't have any. But it was never like, wow, you're one of you've been a you know, yeah, a mainstay in the Knoxville media scene. Yeah, I'd love for you to come and tell the kids. You ever get invited to talk to a class or anything? No, no, that's what I was saying. I no, me neither. For as many years as I've been putting it down here and the highs and lows and notoriety, I mean, I thought there was one professor. There's one Radio professor the that would have gotten a yeah. call or something. Back to back, yeah, right? Back to back. Yeah. Get called to be like, hey, come in, but nope, nothing. That's fine. There was one professor I kept a relationship with after college for a couple years. Yeah. Like, we still follow each other on Twitter and stuff. Uh-huh. She helped me with some stuff, like, I don't know, like job stuff. If, if she would see a job come open, she'd always send it to me first, and she's kind of a reference and like, yeah, she, she's a good ally to have, you know, but uh, things have really faded. I haven't heard from her now in probably five years. We still follow each other, though. On a similar note, it, it, it is. I saw uh, an advertisement on Twitter, on X. An advertisement? Like a promoted tweet 
And I've been thinking about it all day since I've seen it. So I guess it's, it, it relates to the story of the day, which is today is signing day. John Morant was awesome last night in his return from suspension. But uh, the actual story of the day is probably that it's signing day. And I saw that the Volunteer Club had, had sponsored a tweet. Mm. And I was blown away at the number of people that they were boasting. Because we get credit for being like a leader in NIL and, you know, all this stuff. And I was thinking, okay, you know, we must have a have a certain number in mind of, of people who have signed up for this. And they were boasting they only have 4,000 members. And I was kind of blown away at the small number that is. People signed up to be contributors to the volunteer club? Yeah. You think 4,000 people is well, low? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, when you think about how 100,000 people come to the games and how, you know, we have a, a fan base of millions of people, like, yeah. Yeah. No, I do think it's extremely low. And along uh. those same lines, if you're talking about people not caught, I've always been mad that they've never reached out to us either. Like, I see, like, like on, on, on Twitter, they'll have some people like, hey, I'm a Vol Club ambassador or something like, you know, some other podcast will be like, oh, Vol Club affiliated and all this stuff. And, like, they're getting, I don't know if they're getting any money from it or not, but, like, they also they have some type of relationship. And, I mean, again, I feel like I got a pretty good platform. I feel like I got a pretty good reach and people that, that like me. I've got experience and a lot of this stuff and well, just nothing over here. And it kind of makes me mad, especially when I see – you know, we only have 4,000 members, so things aren't necessarily going well. And also, like, if you're keeping up with recruiting, there's been a lot of misses down the stretch. I'm not blaming, I'm, I'm not mad at this class, but we could maybe, you know, expand our reach a little bit. I don't know. Just along those you, same lines you of what you're talking about. You think that they should have reached out to us here? Like yeah. the station? Or if they, like, they don't want to get involved with the radio station. What about, think, like, Houston? Yeah, I was going to say, he, like, Has me, he had any contact? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if he has or not. Uh, Russell, I mean, maybe they had some contact. I don't. I mean, I, I would assume Houston maybe would have, but I would imagine Houston would have taken up that offer and done something. So what? There's podcasts that say they're they're volunteer yeah, they like have like f- they have like affiliation with it and such, or at least like maybe they don't want to be affiliated with us. Well, I know, given the the. Some of the people we've employed here, there's there's kind of a we've kind of always worn the black hat here, you know. Oh, I know, but. There's some people on these airwaves that are a little, a little unprofessional. Yeah, all all of that's fine. I'm no not, one on this show. But, but I'm saying like, I would like for us to have more members. More members equals more money, which equals theoretically a better football team, which would be great. I don't know. It, it just it triggered me whenever you were talking about how the school hadn't reached out to you. Do you have to have um, a certain status to be a member? Or no, is I mean, it anybody just can, anybody? Anybody could pay for it. There's tiers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if I wanted to contribute $20 a month, I could do that. Correct. Yeah. So, maybe 4000 is low, then, if yeah. anyone can do it. I oh, mean, yeah. No, if it, if it was the exclusive club, I mean. I don't know if that sounds low to me or not. It might. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe it doesn't to you. But when I, when I think of, I mean, 20,000 people going to a basketball game. Well, we have, how many alumni do we have? Can't you Can't you Google that? Let me Google that. What is UTK alumni? How do I Google that? How many? What is? How many alumni does UTK have? I guess is what I would. What how I would say. How many? Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. Alumni does UTK have? Two hundred and seventy thousand plus alumni. Is that it? 
It's got to be more than that, right? I mean, I would think so, but I don't know. Quick facts at a glance. This is from utk.edu. 270,000 seems Currently, we have 36,000 students total. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you just say that uh, out of 36,000, how many are going to graduate? Well, does this just mean 10,000 at the very, very least? But I would say like probably closer to 20,000. We also have seven thousand grad students, uh, twenty-eight thousand undergrad. Does this also does this just mean people who are alive? Does I would it, imagine, but I don't so know how. Two, they, I don't know how they would keep up with those numbers. Well, I UT's mean. website says two hundred and seventy thousand plus alumni. So, I would. But again, if you just think that ten thousand people graduate a year, yeah, it'd be twenty-seven years, right? Yeah, it seems low. Yeah, well, that's my point. Yeah, I don't know why it only said, but that's what their website says. I mean, is it does that seem like a high number that ten thousand graduate each year? No, no, and you had grad no. school and all that, right? Well, if you got thirty six thousand, I'm just doing roughly a fourth. I mean, it's probably it probably is lower than that. It's probably like five thousand. Because 36 divided by 4 is 9. Well, yeah, right? but I'm also saying that, I mean, I would imagine, may, maybe not, I was going to say I imagine that more students are upperclassmen when you consider grad school and juniors and seniors. Just because I do think there's enough people that graduate from or come from community college that maybe the, although maybe the freshman class is the biggest. I, I would know. say the freshman class is the biggest and then it thins out. Okay, maybe. So, but if you just did 36 divided by 4, that's 9, right? Yeah. 9,000. And they're not all going to graduate. So maybe... Eight thousand a year, seven thousand yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But even then, I mean, and and I guess the school's gotten bigger, right? I mean, uh, the classes have gotten bigger. Over oh the yeah, years. yeah, yeah. The, after we beat Alabama. Well, no, no. I just mean over since over the last like thirty years, like it's been rising, right? More. Yeah, more steady, steady increase. So maybe back in the day, only five thousand people max were graduating a year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they get their number, but I assume it's fairly accurate. Like if that's what they put on their website, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they know more than we do. I'm just saying that that seems low to tell. Well, it says two hundred and seventy thousand plus. So let's say three hundred thousand alumni. I don't know, but why twenty seven thousand? That has to be close to the number or two hundred seventy thousand. Like two hundred seventy plus. Yeah, I mean, like it has to be close to that if they're starting there. Why not just do three hundred thousand plus? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's some out thousand plus. For. Why not that? I don't know. Maybe it's just people who are alive. It could be. Well, let's say their number's accurate, regardless. I'm going to guess it's not people alive. Let's say 270,000 alumni, and then, so only 4,000? Well, I mean, you also don't have to have gone to college. What? Oh, yeah, to be in the, yeah, the club. Yeah, 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 you don't have to show your uh, degree well, to, yeah, to support sure. the boys. Like, you don't have to... Have to do that. I'd say it's more likely, probably, though, right, that a college-educated no. person would... No, I mean, I think it's... I think. You don't think it's more likely for an, an alumnus to donate than a... I would say it's more likely for an alumnus to donate to the school, but this isn't to the school, this is to the athlete. I think there are plenty of people that didn't go to UT that love UT athletics more, well, than, yeah. more than a good portion of the alumni. So, no, I, I don't think you have to... Now, if you want to say, like, if you graduate, you're more likely to have disposable income. Like, if you want to well, do that, that like, yeah, maybe, kinda... but I don't even think that's necessarily the case either. I think there are plenty of people that didn't graduate from UT that make plenty of money. I think I think it used to be more that way. I feel like these days a lot of people who are successful go to college, though, like because that's what's drilled in when you're a kid, you know. Like, no, nah, see, go I, to college. I, I kind of disagree. I think there are plenty of people that have gone and done other things, trade school. 
I would. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that uh, most or most just graduate of the people from different that, college or just graduate from different schools. I mean, there are plenty of people that are UT fans that didn't graduate from UT. Yeah, no, I know, but I, I would think that most of the people that donated to this would be that donate to something like this would be probably college educated. I don't know. Like, so what do you think the breakdown majority, is? I mean. Well, what do you think the breakdown is inside Neyland Stadium? <clears throat> Of well, alum well, versus just, just of, fans? Of, of UT alum versus non alum because I would say that it's uh, not like I, I would think that the like people that have actually graduated from UT are in the minority six, 60, 40 non alum okay so like why would you not extrapolate that out to the whole fan base well again the disposable income thing I don't think that translates they got money to go perfectly. to games games are expensive these days yeah but I don't think that translates perfectly to people making donations well no but if they're willing to spend more of their money to go to games they would be just as likely to spend twenty five dollars a month to Help the athletes. Maybe, I maybe because I, I like it's a bigger portion. They care more. I mean, you, you could make that argument. Yeah, maybe four thousand though. When you consider two hundred and seventy thousand alumni plus all the other people you're talking about, which is at least that same number, right? I mean, I would say our fan base has at least a million people in it, right? Yeah, at yeah. least. Yeah, no doubt about it. Ten percent of the fan base goes to the the game. Right. Like on a given Saturday. And that seems low when you say it 10%, because I imagine there's more than you know, 90% that's not getting to go to the game. If, if you just look around I, like worldwide. I think, it's a, I think we have a million fans, yeah. We probably have a million living fans. I think we have a million minimum. Yeah. I would be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that got up to, you know, 1.4, 1.5 million living. But either way, I don't know. So if only a fourth of those are UT alums then maybe there are a lot more that donate that are just, you know, went to other schools or whatever. So maybe, yeah, I mean, that just breaking it down, that number sounds low, 4,000 compared to. I know it's a new thing and all that, and I get that. It's have just, they promoted it well enough? I, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know. They haven't exhausted everything. They haven't reached out to some of the mover and, sh- mover and shakers inside the, uh, the fan base, people with platforms. I don't know. All I saw was the tweet that said we have 4,000. All I see that we got. You know, people were mad last night. People were mad last night that Tennessee missed out on a three-star defensive back to Missouri. Yeah, I saw that. And, like, I was shocked at how many people had turned on Josh. They, they say you can't recruit. I don't know if I agree that we can't recruit, though. Like, I, I think everyone in the SEC can recruit, and that's kind of the problem. But, like, Tennessee's, if you look at the blue chip percentage or you look at the average star ranking, like, Tennessee's class is – Pretty damn good. So, like, I, I just didn't understand the meltdown because of that guy. Like, I get he was an in-state guy, but, like, he was committed to Vanderbilt. Right. For a lot of last, like, he committed in the summer, was committed for a long time to Vanderbilt. Like, well, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wasn't going to, like, freak out about him choosing Missouri. The game is so different now than it was even five years ago. Our class for 2024 is number 13. I mean, it's the number one, two. Well, now you got to count Texas. One, two, three. I think it's eight, four, five, six, seventh in the SEC. Okay. Should we be doing a little better than that? I mean, not when you tell me that Texas is in there now. It's like if you told me we we're sixth in the SEC on most years, does that not feel about right? Well, the teams that are ahead of us are LSU, Auburn, Florida, Texas, Alabama, Georgia. I mean, does that not feel about right? But also, I think the difference between if you start looking, like, I mean, uh, Texas has a gap, Alabama and Georgia have a gap. But outside of that, like, the difference is pretty negligible, right, in terms of those rankings? 
Uh, yeah, Florida's eighth, Auburn's ninth, LSU's twelfth. Right. So I mean, like we're right there with them. It's not like they're blowing us out of the water. Now Texas has got a, a really good class. Alabama and Georgia are going to do their thing. But like, I don't know. Like to me, the recruiting hasn't been enough to really get mad about. Now, you know, if you want to tell me it's not good enough. I'll listen to your frustration. And look, I don't want to act like I'm not frustrated at the coaches. I'm frustrated at Josh Heupel. But for a lot of people that weren't frustrated with Josh Heupel during the season are now like mad over a recruiting class that I still think is pretty good at the top. Like I, I think that it's it's never going to be good enough if you're comparing yourself to Georgia and Alabama. Well, no, but which like, is what some people are going to do, and, and that's fine. And if you want to hold that standard, that's fine. But like, don't be the person that also tells me eight and four was good enough in the regular season. If all of a sudden you're going to be mad we're not competing with Alabama and Georgia, like to me, those two things don't add up. Those things don't compute. Yeah, I mean, you look at Alabama's got three five stars, fourteen four stars. Georgia's got two five stars, nineteen four stars. But also take a we look, by the way. Well, by the way, take a look at what the what the Georgia class of the last couple of years is looking like in the transfer portal right now. Georgia's had a lot of guys hit the portal. They have, yeah, yeah. Well, that's another thing you got to consider. You know, you recruit your own roster. That's a thing you got to do now. And so we 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 lost. We Tyler did Bear. that in bringing back Cooper Mays, the uh, Campbell, the offensive lineman. Recruiting your own roster is part of the deal. NIL is part of the deal. Transfer is part of the deal. So, so far we've only lost Tyler Barron. And people around the program have said that that wasn't necessarily by accident. That was just like Tennessee didn't prioritize keeping him. Well, when I tell you that this class, so we're number 13, Alabama's number two. But the difference in that essentially is two blue chips and two other good players. Does that, does that sound like a big difference? Alabama's got three five-stars to our one. So they've got two more blue chips than us. They've got 14 four-stars to our 12. So that's two more above-average players. I mean, I think when you break it down, you know, maybe against Alabama, that's why I'm like, look at Miami, who's ranked number seventh right now. Do the breakdown between Miami versus Yeah, they've just loaded up on three-stars. So, so Miami has one five-star and 11 four-stars. Right. So which they have is two, less than Tennessee. They have two fewer. Right. We, the difference, the reason Miami's rated higher is because they've loaded up on three-stars. Florida has one fewer than Tennessee. And they're ranked number eighth. And Florida might also be losing a five-star defensive lineman who is like, I don't think I'm going to sign today as, the, as their class They continues. have two fewer four-stars, but they have one blue chip above us. They have two five-stars. Right. Well, are you looking on two, four, seven? I'm on on three. Okay, I'm on on three. I thought it, maybe I, I don't. Two five-stars, ten four-stars. That's what it shows for Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got one more five-star. We got two more four-stars. But one of their five-stars. So that essentially. But one of their five-stars might not sign today. Well, yeah. So, I mean, like, they might end up with one five-star. But I'm saying, like, we're basically, you know, if you say they have 12, five, and four-stars, we have 13. The difference is negligible. You could say, yeah, one's a five-star, and we have one more four-star, whatever. That's fine. But, like, at a certain point, it's negligible. To me, that's even recruiting. Yeah. It is negligible unless you're looking at the very top. Notre Dame, two spots ahead of you. They got one five-star, 12 four-stars. That's what Tennessee has. Yeah. Auburn has two five-stars, 10 four-stars. That's basically the same thing as Tennessee. So yeah. Like, yeah. When you look at it that way, like I'm not as worried about it. Well, some people – And I think yeah. that the portal, I mean, like Tennessee, I, I like the, the defensive backs they've gotten so far. I, I do think that they have – 
you know, the, the guy they got the, the guy they got from Oregon State, Dermod McCoy. I think people are pretty excited about him. You got him last night. I don't know if the MTSU safety is going to be able to play at this level. You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. But like, do you feel like he has a better chance of playing this year than the uh, three star from Nashville that committed to Missouri yesterday? Because I do. An MTSU transfer, yeah, to to play immediately versus yeah. a freshman, yeah, three right. star, yeah. So like to me, that's that's a good a, thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, get you know missing out on the three star slash you know one site had him a four star that's like going to Missouri. Like missing out on him, but then getting the guy from Oregon State to me, that's uh that's a good thing. I'd rather have the guy from Oregon State that has three years of eligibility. Like you'd rather have guys that can play now that have already shown they can play college football, probably. Well, I mean, I think that's yeah, that's definitely the the way to go. Now, you, I don't want to go like full Lane Kiffin where that's the only thing you're trying to do, but like I do think, and look, I, I am the last person to try to carry water for this staff. I, I'm not doing that, but I'm saying like, I think in a recruiting class you need like 15, 15 good players, and like now in the transfer portal era, everything else is going to work itself out. You're not going to have a class of 25 anymore that stays for a couple years. Like those guys are going to be, going to be gone, and you're going to recruit over them even more so than usual. Like recruiting over used to be like, ah, my freshman class didn't work out, so now I'm going to get me a quarterback that's a year younger. I'm going to try to get some wide receivers. I'm going to go to JUCO. That's not the case anymore. Recruiting over now is instantaneous. Like if you're not good enough, we'll go get somebody from the transfer portal. You talked about it's uh, you know kind of negligible. Two four seven has us tenth ahead of Florida. Ahead of Auburn. Okay. So so we're fifth in the SEC, including Texas. It's jumbled up, and it's going to come down to can your coach create some some breaks? Can the schedule give you some breaks? Can you hit in the portal? Can you have a quarterback? So, like, to me, Tennessee's got their quarterback. I, I'm completely fine with looking at the future. Now, again, if you're telling me that you're chasing Georgia and Alabama and that's your goal and that's what you're mad about, I'll listen to that. I'll listen to that. Eventually, we do have to start catching them. I'll, I'll, I'll hear you out. But, like, I'm not freaking out that one site has Auburn ranked two spots ahead of you and that you're eighth in the SEC yeah. whenever it's really just a jumbled-up mess after, like, number three. It's The difference in uh, ratings for the players uh-huh. is pretty crazy on, really? on three and 247. 247 has Alabama with nine five-stars. Really? Yeah, but on three had them with three five-stars. Okay. So, so that means they got really good four stars regardless. But like, hey, newsflash: Alabama's going to recruit at a high level. Yeah, sure, they news always flash. have. Yeah, news newsflash. Yeah, and if you're measuring yourself against Alabama and Georgia, I mean, which I I would like to be able to eventually, but we're not there yet. We got to take baby steps toward that. Like, I don't I don't think we're just suddenly going to have nine five stars. We, ha- we have to make the playoffs this year. And yeah. Nico has to be a monster. Yeah, you have to show that you can play close to that level before you can – which, you know, beating Alabama once was a good start. But you've got you've to stockpile recruits. We're still three years off from being able to truly compete like with Alabama and Georgia, well, like, like for championships. Could, could you have recruited better had Nico played this year? I'll say yes. Like, I think there's a chance you might have gotten Jordan Seaton, the big five-star that's going – to Colorado, but maybe going to actually flip to Maryland of all schools. That's you know maybe still talking to Tennessee, but like if Nico played and showed that he was a baller, you might have gotten him. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But you know, outside of that, you're going to have to make the playoff this year. He's got to look at the truth this year. Yeah, 
The yeah, program doesn't have a lot of buzz right now because of the season. The season was pretty boring. The offense wasn't explosive. We didn't have any big moments. No, you you got to have that this year. This, this will be a make-or-break year. But I'm excited about Mike Matthews, five-star wide receiver. I'm excited about Jordan Ross. He's practicing, right? Yeah, four-star four edge rusher from, from Alabama. I'm excited about – Brent, Braylon Staley, like those Boo Carters on campus now. He like coach the Chargers. Caleb Beasley, no, they don't like him anymore. That, that's Brandon. I, I said Braylon. Oh. But, you know, you, you got enough four stars that some of these are going to hit. Now, also say, like, hey, like I want to play them more this year. I want to get some reps for some young guys this year. We didn't yeah. really get enough reps for our young guys last year. And, like, I do think that probably hurts in recruiting, too. If I was recruiting against Tennessee, I'd be like, hey, we play our freshman here. We'll give you a chance to go out there and play. Well, that's probably how a team like Missouri is able to sell some recruits. Sure. You know. Sure. They're, but, like, Tennessee doesn't play freshman. Yeah. I would use that against Tennessee. So, I'd like to see hype will kind of change that. But, no, I'm not I'm not worried. And I was surprised to see so many people mad. That's the internet for you. Just over missing on a three-star defensive back. Some people call him a four-star. Well, that's one of those things like you want to find the highest get the highest number, I guess. But like when you check, he's a three-star on on three. He's a three-star on ESPN. He's a three-star on Rivals. Two four seven has him as four-star. So twenty-five percent of the sites have him as a four-star. Yeah, I'm gonna call him a three-star. Yeah. the The industry ranking on on three has him as the seven hundred six hundred seventeenth ranked player. The 61st-ranked cornerback, the 14th-ranked player in Tennessee. But if you want to go from the in-state idea or the the in-state uh, perspective, I guess, of like, hey, Josh Heupel shouldn't lose in-state guys that, he, that he's trying to recruit. Then okay. Do you I'll, think- I'll listen to that. Like, if you're like, hey, Tennessee should be able to get whoever they want in-state. But also people in-state say that his dad's a headache and that we're better off with like him not coming here and that Tennessee didn't really want him at first. You think they- we backed off of him? No, no, I don't I don't think that. I, I don't think that. I do think Tennessee prioritized him but didn't prioritize him until late. That was kind of the report coming from, from VolQuest was that Tennessee was kind of unsure on him and then over the last like month or so like decided they really wanted him but but, but they just kind of got – Outbid by Missouri because Missouri wanted him more. Yeah. It's all about what happens on the field. Amen to that. I mean, brother. recruiting is like – recruiting is what it is, but you you just got to go out and win games. And I know you need players to do that. But, again, with it being different these days with so many transfers, guys coming and going from programs, it's just as important now to recruit your own roster and to get guys in the portal and NIL and all, all that stuff as it is – building a good class ideally you you grow a young class and develop them yourself and all those guys stay i think that's what coaches would like ideally but that's just not reality at this point you're gonna lose 33 percent of every class for sure yeah i mean like that's just the way it is georgia's got a full like class that would be ranked somewhere in the top 10 that's just in the transfer portal yeah if you went by star ranking, but like, yeah. of course, they've been bringing in a bunch, so they're so fine. You, you but like, gotta, you're going to lose that class. You got to use all those elements to build the roster the best you can. We'll continue the conversation after the break. It's Talk Sports on Fan Run Radio.
Look, look, yeah. back in the city with it. Jitty done been all across the globe. They say Jitty scribbler, he's silly with it when he spit it. And I hope he don't say Welcome in, Charlie Collier. Thanks for uh, letting me get out behind the booth. Hope you had a good lunch break. Happy to see you are back at it. It was a real nice lunch break, John. I had some gas station pizza. Okay. Uh, some milk. A good, good time. You had a gas station pizza with some milk? Yeah, that's my uh, – well, I'm, I'm not going to have pizza without milk. Cut your mouth anyway. off, Charlie. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, we're, um, I'm not going to – not going to um, even entertain that. I know that gas station you're talking about, though, and it's ran by that, that guy from Bangladesh, and it has a smell when you walk in there, and it reminds me so much of my great-grandmother's house. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the smell is, but it takes me back to my childhood. Walking in my great grandma's house, that gas station has that same smell when you walk in there. Tell you what, they make a good pie, make a real good pie. I don't think Hunt Brothers is, you know, really known as a good pie. No, he does his different though. He oh, he adds special good. touches. They uh, lunchtime every day. There, there's a line of people. They're selling the slices as fast as they can pull them out. Did you launch our video? I just did. Yes. M- mother's asking about the. I told her to try it again. Yeah, I just launched it. I was over there. My computer was updating. I didn't have the camera set up, so I was like, yeah. I'll wait until Charlie gets here. Yeah, I, I got it. I told her to try it again. She likes to watch the video, you know. And she wasn't able to today. Luckily, we've got it going now. It's good to have. So we were discussing uh, recruiting. Yes, we were discussing recruiting as it is National Signing Day. Which really lost a little bit of its luster with the. Well, it used to be early February. Do they still do the early signing? Is that what today is? Yes, they still have the February signing day stuff. And actually, Tennessee kind of got some potentially good news there as a big five star defensive lineman from Louisiana. Uh, had officially told Texas A&M that he was not signing with them today and that he was going to wait until next period. And Tennessee, as, lo- as well as LSU, getting a, a visit. So Tennessee could add a five-star defensive lineman from Louisiana, Dominic McKinley. Uh, from Louisiana? Yeah. And LSU's on his radar? Yeah. No, yeah, I'm not saying that Tennessee is going to get him because – Yes, beating LSU be for tough. any Louisiana guy is going to be tough. Have we ever beaten LSU in a recruiting battle? Surely at least once, right? It just seems like I've got all these <laughs> not specific memories in my head, but I've got just all these battles we've lost uh-huh. to LSU in recruiting just vaguely in my brain. Like, surely, surely they were after – Who was the running back – that we were after a few years. Sure, so they would, named, sure, they would have been after like Jansen Jackson, right? I'm sure. I mean, he was a Louisiana safety. Like uh, he, he was a high recruit. Wasn't I'm he? sure we've beaten him at some point. Well, I was just saying, like I think he was from Louisiana. He's the first person that came to mind. I don't know how much they recruited him. You remember when? What What's the worst recruiting battle we've ever lost? Because the one that comes to mind for me is Derrick Henry. Just given what he ended up doing, I remember because he was down to us in Alabama. Then there was some talk about how Adidas ruined that for us—that he didn't want to wear Adidas. Really? I look back more fondly upon Adidas than I appreciated it hey, at this time. 
I, I got a hoodie for you, Charlie. Oh, I, I have some Adidas gear still. This some what? Adidas. What is it? Am I saying it wrong? What'd you say? Adidas. Adidas? Adidas? Yeah, Adidas. Yeah, that's how you say it. Adidas. Yeah. Yeah, you're saying it right. Everyone says Adidas. <laughs> what are you saying? No, that's how you say it. You got it. Do you know what Adidas stands for? All day I dream of soccer. Well, that'd be Adidas. Of doesn't start with the letter A, Charlie. That's Adidas. Adidas has an A at the end. I'll come back next hour. I'll about, try again. About. Any, anyway, it is weird that I still wear this Adidas hoodie, given that it's so old. I need to throw this out. This is a 10-year-old hoodie. A good hoodie's hard to come by, though, especially for a boy your size. Would T. Higgins not it have been a worse static. recruiting loss? T. Higgins was a bad Just because it was, you know, here? Yeah, T. was a pretty bad loss. Was that a signing day announcement? No, he was committed to Clemson. Right. For, okay, I thought so for a, a while. Yeah, I thought I thought they kind of got out ahead of that. It's like, hey, we don't want any. Derek Green, you remember him? No, he was around the same time as uh, Derek Henry. He's a running back too. He went to Michigan over us. Okay, I don't know why I remember him. I don't think he ever did anything. At least not what Derek Henry did. The one that always jumps out to me is Von Bell. Yeah. Yeah, Von Bell was a big Ohio State, right? Yeah. Yep. And then it was all like everyone's just really, really mad at Dooley because Dooley didn't recruit him for most of his time. Who was the returner for the Titans that was so good? The returner was at for USC? the Titans? Adoree Jackson. Adoree Jackson. Were we in on him? He wasn't good for the Titans, but we were in on him for a bit, but it wasn't, that wasn't one of those. I, th- I think everyone, like, you thought maybe you got him, but it was it, – that wasn't a big deal. And plus, he went to USC. He was from California. I mean, I remember that was, that around was when, that time, though. I, I remember we kind of convinced ourselves that, like, we had a chance. But also, like, it was said that, like, hey, it's not it's not Butch's fault he didn't get him. It's because he wants to run track and the track coach isn't good enough. We kind of blame the track coach for it. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, T. Higgins flipped his commitment on July 4th and then signed in February. So, that, that one didn't go down to the wire. I remember around that time, I was really into it. Like recruiting, mm-hmm. that was when you still had the big February signing day, which for a, a college kid who's really into college football, that that was like a holiday. I had friends that always was, loved it. I never really got into it until the radio. Like I liked I had to it a lot. Keep up with it. I, I remember we did the the signing day special at Quaker Steak and Lube. Oh yeah, and yeah. we didn't get a commitment that day. And Quay Walker put the hat on, threw it off. And yeah, we were mad about that. And we were at Quaker Steak and Lube. No, they had they had good wings. So I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you put them down. The wings, the wings were fine, but nothing else on that menu was. Service wasn't great. <clears throat> yeah. Service wasn't great, but the the wings were good. I'm not gonna let you put a, put. No, down. I, I like the wings. Terrible I like the location. Wings. I, you wouldn't get a steak there though. No, no. I spent a, steak. a long time looking for a Quaker Steak and Lube when I was a freshman. There's still one in Johnson City. Well, I couldn't. What a weird concept for a restaurant. I think there's still one in Sevierville too. I lived right by that place though. Mm-hmm. The one that we had out out west, it's yeah. like a crab thing now, storming crab or something. Yeah, it's 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 beating the curse. That that location is usually you know people don't last there because it's so hard to get in and out of. But I, the the crabs has been there and you can't get rid of them. I never would have thought the like the crabs. You get it? I get it. I never would have thought the storming crab would have lasted th- this long. It but is. I, I guess they're doing okay. They're huh? doing okay. I went in there. I ate at the storming crab when they first opened. I went in there and got. They had like a crawfish boil. 
That's kind of what they got. They got like crab legs and like bo- like. I got boils. some buddies that work there. They'd say it's great money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they they're. I mean, it ain't cheap, but but where else can you get a good, you know, crawfish boil or or, or shrimp boil or whatever? It's good place. Good for that if you like that. You like that kind of, that kind of food? you familiar with the the southern boil the what do they call it low country? I like the potatoes, the, the culture the surrounding and, it more than the food itself. Okay, so like Cajun, the New Orleans culture. It's just the idea of a good like crawfish boil. Yeah, cookout. You know the the fun of all that. Do you want the conversation to be what recruiting miss we had or what signing day like kind of signing day miss we had? I wanted it to be more about. Crawfish. I'm over the crawfish. I don't like seafood. I know you don't like yeah. crawfish. Um, do I want what? You said do you want it to be more about what recruiting miss we had or what signing day miss we had? Which one do you are you more interested What's in? What's the difference? Because like, like Trevor Lawrence, but like Trevor Lawrence announced like a year in advance that we weren't getting him. T. Higgins announced yeah, seven months before signing day. We I, I guess him. the all But Von Bell got me right on the day of, and I remember being mad as hell. The day of, yeah, but I think we pretty much covered it. Like I don't remember. Well, any I'm just, others. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tweet it out. That's why I'm asking. Okay, tweet it out. But well, well, I'm, I'm asking if you want recruiting to miss or national gonna signing day to miss. Calm down. Going to need you to calm down. Uh, all encompassing. Okay, what do, recruiting do, miss? Do all encompassing. Yeah, I feel like yeah. signing day is better. Just, well, just do all encompassing. I'm just going to put what recruiting miss. Yeah. Then, then people can pick which one they want to. You know what I mean? They can pick at that, at that point, whether signing day or you know, yeah. The story that I, I, that kind of hurts me. Well, besides Trevor Lawrence growing up a Tennessee fan and, and Tennessee not recruiting Von Bell despite him being down the road. Going back and like reading about how Justin Fields like really wanted to come to Tennessee. That that one that one hurts me. Because you know you're so just wandering through the oasis, you're you're wandering through the desert looking for an oasis, I should say. And like you know, Tennessee was in on him. When he was just a three star, and brought him up to the camp, and he was excited, and he's like, the coaches didn't talk to me at all. So then I basically vowed like we can go to hell, and then he like blew up, and was a five star, like number one or number two ranked guy. Who was that? Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. There, there have been some. Uh... Okay. Well, I was just gonna say we got like thirty seconds. Yeah. We go to break. I'm hour ready. one in the books. Hour two on deck.